Welcome to Market Elevation, a serious research podcast. Market Elevation is a casual and compelling conversation amongst market insiders made up of equal parts expertise, relevance, and humor. This is Satya Pradyuman of Cirrus Research. Welcome to this episode of Market Conversations. I'm pleased to introduce both Miley Wong and Bill Can joining us for this uh, conversation around market turmoil. Titled, When the Market Turmoil Gets Personal, Personal Finance Decisions for Investors. Miley Wong, she's a senior wealth advisor, senior portfolio manager, and a board member at Wellington Altist. Her team is based in Vancouver. Academically, Miley graduated from University of British Columbia and is also a CFA. She's worked a number of years on Wall Street and also at a major hedge fund in New York City. She's also the author of Smart Risk, a terrific book on financial planning. Also look out for her TED Talk on the subject as well. Joining us is also Bill Kahn. He's the founder and strategist at Camden Capital. Prior to forming the firm, he spent over two decades as a strategist and economist on Wall Street and at the Federal Reserve. He's got degrees both in economics from Rutgers and also an MBA from Columbia. Um, I've got to say that I've also had the pleasure to work with Bill. He and I have partnered together for several years on the small cap strategy team at Merrill Lynch, and I've learned a ton of him. He started with a fixed income backdrop, but he really took on a, a really a pretty sizable role in the equity business. Also, uh, years later, working on the emerging market side. So he comes also with plenty of um, uh, experience and knowledge to share. Um, and, you know, to see him apply some of that background to advising now, I think it's, it's just really uh, very, very special to watch. And uh, I, I think you're going to enjoy his thoughts as well. So this conversation is especially uh, sweet for me as I've worked and known both these individuals for decades. Um, uh, Bill Kahn and I worked on the same research team for years at Merrill Lynch. Uh, Miley worked on the derivatives desk there. We were actually worked on projects together. And over the years, uh, we've also become friends. Um, in this conversation, though, I think a few things to look out for. You know, the terms that sort of jumped out at me after listening to it was a, a plan, discipline, and the willingness to adapt. Those are critical elements, I think, that sort of address this period in market turmoil, how individuals deal with challenges, especially in such uh, volatile markets. Uh, enjoy this episode. This is such a pregnant of serious research. Uh, this, in this episode of Market Conversations, um, the title of this is When the Market Turmoil Gets Personal, Personal Finance Decisions for Investors. Uh, at the heart of this is how violent this tape has been this year. And it forces the question, which is how comfortable are we dealing with these moments? We've developed a portfolio. We've looked at it. We've been in the last few years really happy. And then all of a sudden you get this turn. And we thought it was a really important topic because it's not so much just about tools, but it's also those quiet moments, that, that, that moment of fear, panic. Um, and 
I couldn't think of a better pair of folks to join us to talk about this. Both are people I've worked with over the years, uh, Miley Wong and Bill Kahn. And so welcome to uh, this episode of Market Conversations, you guys. Um, so in terms of what we're going to cover today, um, you know, it's like three or four key areas of conversation. One, talk a little bit about this market drawdown we've been through, um, maybe a couple of the drivers of it. Um, but more importantly, how are we interpreting this stuff and how, how does it, how does it potentially distract us from making good choices? Um, the two drivers of the, the sort of common investor reactions, um, just, I think this helps because you, you can understand you're not alone when you're thinking what you're thinking. Um, and then three, thanks to technology, it keeps us all connected. We can now have these conversations wherever we are on the planet. Uh, on the other hand, is Reddit a good thing? Does that help you and your psyche when you're thinking about your own portfolio? Uh, and then finally, you know, as always, good research should leave you with something to chew on, something to take away, something that's actionable. So we'll talk a little bit and get color from both Miley and Bill in terms of how do they put some of these things to work? How do they work and coach their clients? So at this point, um, I'd love to bring um, you guys into the room and, um, you know, maybe Miley, if you could start and just give us a little of your background. Sure. Well, thank you, Sacha, for inviting us to be here today. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, we've known each other for more than 20 years now, having worked together uh, back at Merrill Lynch in New York. And right. uh, today, you know, I live and work in Vancouver and uh, my team and I, the Wong Group, the Wellington Altus Private Wealth, we help advise on a discretionary basis our, our ultra high net worth and high net worth clients who are typically North American couples who are five to 10 years to retirement or are currently in what we call the work optional life. This lifestyle where they can choose to work if they like to, but really ultimately are doing what they love and living off the income from their investment portfolios, which is all the more reason why, you know, today's markets and turbulence is, is important to talk about in terms of how we're helping clients, um, you know, deal with the volatility, kind of internalize it and adjust portfolios in a way that I think helps to help them have the confidence to continue living their lifestyle uh, with a portfolio being a primary source of that cash flow in retirement. That's excellent. Yeah. Uh, Bill, a little on your background at Candent? Uh Sure. Um, hi, I'm Bill Can. Um, like Miley, um, I know I've known Sacha for a heck of a long time. In fact, I worked directly with him on the small cap uh, team uh, many years ago. Um, I guess since I left Wall Street, I kind of relocated to San Francisco and uh, decided to do like a 180 in terms of like going from like Miley, going from the institutional side to the uh, retail side, if you will. Uh, my focus is more on uh, individuals and high net worth clients. And, um, and once again, it's to, you know, help people understand what's possible with finances and how it connects them to their purpose and what they're trying to achieve with their finances. So, uh, and, and with that, you know, help them understand what's going on. It's by education. It's about knowing their options and the pros and cons of the options. Uh, so our focus is also on uh, people pre-retirees, right? Uh, more or less 45 and older in many cases. Uh, and, and, uh, and, getting into retirement. So it's focused on retirement readiness, uh, getting them prepared to uh, achieve what they really want to do, right? And uh, and focus their time on what's most important to them. So uh, that's how we kind of think about things. And 
uh, over time, I guess one thing I found myself doing it the longer I've been doing this is that uh, it's almost like a 50-50 balance between investments and financial planning for me now. And uh, because to me, financial planning lays out the roadmap and the planning is like a vehicle that gets us there. So uh, it's, it's a balance of both. Like everything else we do, it's balance. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, actually the, 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 the neat thing about this conversation, I realize we're all alums of uh, one really big bank and um, it's, it's been a pleasure to work with you guys over the years. I've learned a lot from each of you and uh, and, you know, it's kind of neat to see everybody sort of like take flight, you know, you know, take, you know, take wings and, and, and take off and, and work on interesting new uh, places. Um, in terms of, um, you know, this sort of moment, um, I think we've seen this before, right? We can go back. Um, I mean, my first years in the industry, my first job on Wall Street was uh, back in 86 at EF Hutton. And uh, fairly tumultuous because one year later, we go into a crash. The bank I joined just goes, gets taken out. And uh, we fast forward into trading dilemmas, um, major recessions. Uh, you come, you fast forward though to 2000 with the internet crash. Um, then you went into this major, major, uh, you know, bank recession. Uh, this, as they call it, the Great Recession. Um, so we've seen this before. And so the question is, how do we frame the moment? How do we go forward? Um, in terms of this current period, clearly what's going on here is it is this tightrope that we're walking between inflation and quantitative tightening, right? So one of the really most interesting curveballs in the last few years was to observe in the thick of this pandemic sell-off how the Fed came in and promised to cover the bases and the market bought it. And so, again, no matter how smart you are and all the tools you're looking at, you've got this other thing going on called the market. Mm -hmm. And so, can we separate from those moments into a longer-term plan? And so, um, as much as we're going to talk about this year, bear in mind, this is going to happen again and again. If you look at the way this year has occurred, um, some of these benchmarks are down 30% easily. If you look at some of the riskier tails, a lot more, right? And so, but look at what happened the last month or two. You've also had a massive rebound. So we're not here to say, oh, you should have been there. See, look what just happened. That's not the message. The message is think more broadly about where you're going, what your plans are. And, you know, Miley's ideas um, in her book on smart risk, it's, it's really about what's really important to you. And if we haven't learned this in the last few years, you know, I mean, thanks to this pandemic, I think we all figured out something. So um, I don't know, I, I would love to open it up to you guys um, in terms of, you know, with the market drawdown, how we internalize this moment. Sure, Sacha. I mean, I, I really uh, respect and agree with what you're talking about. There's, you know, what we learn about in terms of the economics and as market participants, as investors. And then there's the practical side of the psychology that an emotional fog that can um, cloud our decision making. Um, and particularly when working with clients who are smart, sophisticated people, um, you know, I think the abundance of information that's out there these days, whether it's through the news, you know, through other types of, you know, internet channels um, can really complicate 
the financial decision making. So I find that our job as portfolio managers, as advisors, is really about, um, as Bill mentioned, understanding that there's the there's the client's individual financial plan, and then the investment plan, which is really a mechanism to help their financial plan come to fruition. So a lot of what we do in this kind of moment when there's big volatility, um, there's a lot of sort of anxiety or fears or worries that were, you know, just inflamed a couple of years ago when the start of the pandemic took place. And so we're still very raw in terms of how people are feeling. A lot of what we try to do is to set expectations from the outset that, you know, in today's day and age, you know, there's going to be some level of risk that we need to take um, in order to make, you know, retirement plans a reality, you know, and if they choose to take no risk, i.e. stick their portfolios into, you know, interest bearing, you know, term deposits and, and uh, you know, treasury bills, there's also a risk on the flip side of that too. And that is the risk of actually not being able to, you know, meet their retirement spending needs. And so, you know, sometimes people think they're putting themselves in a safe position, but actually are taking greater risk by doing so. And so we try to tease these um, beliefs that they might have, you know, from years and, you know, from childhood about money out at the outset and then help provide perspective and manage expectations about uh, markets going forward. So one thing we'll often say is, look, in the equity markets, it's absolutely normal, you know, for the S&P 500, for the equity markets to drop at least 10% at least once a year. Expect that's going to happen. Okay. And we show charts and graphs to show that actually it does happen. It's totally normal, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they stay down for the rest of the year. Right. And so it's also normal for every couple of years for there to be a 20% drawdown. It's going to feel uncomfortable. Okay. But you know, this is something that we can expect to happen. So here's how we diversify portfolios. Here's how we construct an investment process in order to help stack the odds in your favor and take advantage of opportunities when markets drop to buy high quality assets on sale. And so we try to pre-position through communicating with clients in a proactive way, the idea that, okay, yeah, volatility is normal, but it also creates an opportunity. And I think to your point, you know, when you've done the research on an ongoing basis, you know, you can prepare for which opportunities you want to take advantage of when they do go on sale. And, you know, a kind of analogy I like to use with clients, you know, particularly my female clients who like to shop at, you know, perhaps some of the department stores, you know, like a Nordstrom or something like a or, or Saks and, you know, things go on sale. It's very um, rare when you see like luxury items go on 30% off, <laughs> right? But why do we go running and screaming afraid when the market goes on sale and the best quality assets are, are trading 30% off? Uh, whereas we would run into the store right. and go buy Good that point. handbag. Yeah. So it's about so setting perspective. No, I, I like that. I think um, we, in the research side on the equities area, it's all about expectations, right? It is really, it's not so much did the company make money, um, did they come in at $2 a share? But if the street was expecting $3 a share and they come in at two ninety, you could have a problem. And so um, the opportunity cost, I, I like the way you think and you frame this out. The opportunity cost is real. So as much as we're going to have our own discomforts, you know, you have to also mirror that to opportunity costs. And I, I sort of the analogy I kind of think of is skiing. You know, as I learned to ski, um, the worst thing, the most intuitive thing to do is as you're facing a steep downhill is to back away. Right. And it's absolutely the worst possible thing you can do. And so, um, 
And so I, I, as I've learned from other skiers, it's like lean forward because you can actually still control your skis. And so um, <laughs> I don't want to bring in too many sports analogies, but I, I do think uh, it really fits the moment. And Bill, in terms of, you know, your framing um, of your clients, um, you know, how do you see uh, the conversations and how they take place and, you know, what are the sort of like hot buttons in, in your eyes? I think, uh, well, I'll, I'll say I can't really do better uh, at describing the situation than what Miley said. She just nailed it spot on <laughs> in a nice uh, way. So um, I guess I'll just share some stories or, or some concerns I might have for some folks, right? Um, you know, I guess I, sometimes I deal with clients where there's just two extremes, right? Some people view the sell off and, you know, they're opportunistic about it. And I think that's great. I mean, I think there's opportunity in, in, uh, you know, in all situations, right? If you can see it, the problem I think for some folks is they say it's down, therefore it's a good value. And I'm like, well, what do you know about it? Have you done your homework? You're like, no, it's just down 30%. Therefore it's a sale. I'm like, well, you know, I think all of us who've worked in the markets know that there's a lot more involved than just the price going down. And, and so that's one thing uh, you know, I'm concerned about. Or they'll say, oh, someone on TV or on Reddit will say, blah, 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 and they rush in. I'm like, well, <laughs> you don't know what's the logic behind it. What's the story? Have they done the homework, kicked the tires and all that? So that's one extreme. The other extreme is, like Miley said, is people get scared and they go and hide. And I think she totally nailed it because I think there is so much riskiness and safety. <laughs> and and uh, people don't realize that. And even if they go in that direction, they forget that there's a, basically two decisions that they need to make. Uh, they need a solid framework to do it, which is when to get out, when to get back in. And the fact that you got out may be great, but if you don't get back in, you're you're basically locked in a bad situation and and you have to understand you know the process and or help have someone help you apply a process that's you know proven and it's sensible and reasonable and a, a consistent with what they're trying to achieve so yeah. I mean, those are some of the extremes i try to deal with uh in yeah. in these situations yeah i mean i think the this idea of you know the risk profile comes full center and there's so much work done on assessing one's risk profiles people just don't know where they are people give you an answer and um, I think I'm guilty of that too I sort of feel like I'm out there but the moment some of these things start to really reverse course I'm like wait a second um, so I, I think that's human um, I also believe that this conversation isn't just for an individual investor. If you think about everyday portfolio managers, they're also struggling because they're, you know, their their challenge is potentially tougher in the sense their timelines are much shorter hmm. to outperform. They've got to get all of these squiggles right and good luck. But at the same time, it's very human because that is their world, that is their moment, and they're equally challenged. And, you know, I think some of the things you're saying here steps back, you know, applies across the board to people like us, you know, that we're in the thick of it and we're confused and we don't have all the data points. And when you get all the data points, you realize you have too much. So, <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I think this, this, 
this sort of challenge of the moment, uh, you know, your risk profile, understanding it, I think a lot of work is is got to be done there to assess that, to, to really get at that person. Um, in terms of loss aversion, overconfidence, um, potentially the person who's so busy looking for the opportunity may be the most dangerous person in the room. And um, the, the person that actually is very nervous all the time, you know, um, that's unfortunate because, you know, you, you have to balance risk with your outlook. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, and, you know, Bill, you touched on one really, I think, hot button word, which is Reddit. Um, thanks to technology, you know, we're all so interconnected, right? And so we've got uh, information that's flowing through our you know, you know, small little phones now that, you know, my goodness, you could launch a rocket to the moon with these things. Um, so there's so much information coming out. And if you're a professional, maybe you're a little better at kind of harboring what is coming through that channel. And if you're less professional, maybe everybody sounds just right. You know, and uh, so, you know, I would love your take on it because I do feel like this Reddit moment has sort of spawned a new breed of investors. And, um, you know, you, you wonder how do you sort of like reconcile that person or that new flow of people uh, with long-term investing? How do you, how do you bring that together? Um, do you want to go, Miley, or should I go? Oh, why don't you go first this time, Bill? Sure. Um, I think, I think Reddit, things like Reddit is actually a great thing for people like us, right? Because you see people's questions like in real time. Right. And, and I think that's super powerful, right? To understand the question. I think the most dangerous parts of something like a Reddit are the answers, the responses, because everyone says, you know, you know, I feel bad. Okay. Take two aspirin. Right. And it's like, well, why do you feel bad? There's no discussion about that and, or, or the underlying details. And, you know, I think like personal finances are very personal and investment decisions are, you know, th there's a process involved and all that. And if you don't understand the process, then it's like, you know, there's a lot more noise involved. And it's important for the reader to understand that there is noise, there's good and there's bad. And and they can't just trust it really nilly. Uh, you know, I don't think people, most people want to, you know, be involved with, say, GameStop, right? And, and play that. Maybe some people do for the excitement. But as a long-term investor, I don't think that's a prudent thing to do. And I think... Um, you know, before Satya mentioned about investors having a very short time uh, horizon. And it's really interesting because on one hand, that's how they make their income, right? As a portfolio managers, for example. Uh, but at the same time, as an investor, as a personal investor, they have a superpower, which they don't have as a PM. A PM, they get judged yes. every day, quarter, and so forth. But as a personal investor, right, your superpower is time you can actually use that in your favor and not have to worry about the vagaries of, of, you know, mark, mark this quarter. Yeah. This quarter. Yeah. So, so to me, it's one of these things that you have to kind of balance and try to take advantage of both sides. That's the opportunity as opposed to focusing on too much on one thing. No, I think that's, that's spot on. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, the, the I guess the the challenge in all of this uh, that I see is, um, you know, we've got a new culture of investors, and it's you know, can we unlearn 
you know, what we just learned in the last two years. You know, the gambling casinos closed. The basketball team stopped playing. What do I do with my time? How many father-sons uh, started to become, you know, like great investors? And, um, you know, and so you've got this new audience that have come into this moment. And all of a sudden, you're going now to a world I don't think a lot of us have grown up with, which is a central bank that's tightening. And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a culture. This is a culture clash in the making. Um, but yeah, Miley, you know, I'd love your, your take on, on this Reddit moment. You've been listening to Market Elevation, a serious research podcast. Thanks for listening and tune in again for part two of our discussion. The information contained in this podcast report is based on sources we believe to be reliable at the time it was produced and distributed, but it's not necessarily complete and its accuracy is not guaranteed. Neither Cirrus nor any of our affiliates or any other person makes any representation or warranty, expressed or implied, as to the podcast's accuracy, completeness, or correctness. To the maximum extent permitted by law, neither we, any of our affiliates, nor any other person shall have any liability whatsoever to any person for any loss or expense, whether direct, indirect, consequential, incidental, or otherwise, arising from or relating in any way to any use of or reliance on information contained herein. This podcast is not a research report, solicitation, or offer to buy or sell any security or claim and is being provided solely for informational purposes. Nothing in this podcast constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice or individually tailored investment advice. Any opinions or estimates contained in this podcast represent our judgment at the present time and are subject to changes without notice. Cirrus has no obligation to advise you of any such changes. This podcast was prepared for general circulation without regard to the individual financial circumstances and objectives of persons who receive or obtain access to it, and it may not be suitable for all investors. No one listening, receiving, or accessing this podcast should make any investment decision without first consulting his or her own personal financial advisor and conducting their own research and due diligence, including but not limited to carefully reviewing any applicable prospectuses, press releases, reports, and other public filings of the issuer of any securities being considered. There is not enough information contained in this podcast to make an investment decision, and past performance should not be taken as an indication or guarantee of future results. Third-party trademarks, logos, and brand names contained in this podcast may be the trademarks, registered trademarks, or other property of their respective owners. Any use in this podcast of trademarks, logos, or brand names is for identification purposes only and does not imply or express any sponsorship, affiliation, or endorsement by the respective third-party owners of this podcast or vice versa, or that any such third-party owner has authorized the use of its trademark, logo, or brand.